By downloading or listening to this podcast, you are agreeing to Moody's legal terms and conditions found at moody's.com slash disclaimer, including that the information provided is not investment or financial advice, and that Moody's will not be liable for losses arising from your use of the information. European small and medium-sized enterprises, and in turn securitizations backed by their debt, remain among the most vulnerable borrowers as the COVID-19 pandemic has given way to war in Ukraine. With pandemic-era supports either over or ending in many countries, but the war still raging, where are some of the biggest risks in this sector, and what kind of mitigants do ABS structures provide? I'm Aaron Johnson, and this is Moody's Talks Securitization Spotlight. In today's episode, Moody's analyst Monica Curti will join us to discuss the continued impact of the pandemic and war in Ukraine on small businesses across Europe, as well as the knock-on effects for securitizations backed by their debt. But before we get started, I'd like to encourage our listeners, if you haven't already, to subscribe to Securitization Spotlight and check out some of the other podcasts from Moody's, like Focus on Finance, which brings you insight you need to keep on top of the banking, insurance, and asset management sectors. With that, let's get started. Monica, thanks for joining this month. I am nice to be here. All right, it's your first time, so I'm going to be nice and get right into it. So in the case of small and medium-sized enterprises, or SMEs, for literally years now, we've been talking about vulnerability to economic turbulence, such as inflation or supply chain problems. And it's basically a result of their small sizes relative to, to large corporates, which brings with it moderate pricing power and in many cases, weak financials. Correct. The main strategy of corporate is typically in such a context to increase prices. And yes, SME and macro SME in particular typically have less pricing power than large corporate, making them basically more vulnerable to rising input costs. Now let's have a look to the portfolio backing ABS SME. Micro SME are the most represented in Belgium and UK ABS SME. And in Europe, some of the big drivers of rising costs have been energy prices. Yes, uh, so some European markets, in particular Italy and Germany, were reliant on Russian gas. But since then, they have found alternative sources of fuel. And so industrial production has been relatively strong, uh, despite the reduced demand for energy. Meanwhile, also European countries have supported both household and companies to shield them from the energy prices, which, by the way, we do expect to remain volatile for the future. So... High energy costs will continue to squeeze the budget, the profitability, the cash flow of the SME, in particular in certain sectors, industrial sectors like chemicals and automotive. What is more, the energy costs will have a negative effect on household finance, which will need other sectors like retailer and consumer durable. But SME exposure to these sectors is relatively low. Correct. Amongst the European ABS SME, direct exposure to energy-intensive sector is very limited because typically these are larger companies. There is some exposure to manufacturing sector, but the key 
uh, sector in ABS SME are typically construction and building and food, beverage and tobacco, which, by the way, reflect rather a concentration in the agricultural sector. Another factor driving up costs for SMEs is the current rising rate environment. Correct. In the third quarter uh, 2022, we saw for the first time since 2012 interest charge on SME loan increasing. So, companies with floating rate loan and leases are obviously the most vulnerable to it. Okay, and in what markets are rising rates the biggest issue? In Italy, in Spain, in Germany, most of the SME, they have actually floating rate loans. And those are a problem, especially when a transaction has fixed rate liabilities. Correct. And and what are some other challenges we're seeing SMEs face going forward right now? Another challenge is actually that we observe already a tightening of the credit standard and we do expect a further tightening of the credit standard, which will increase the refinancing risk of SME. As we all know, SME need always new financing for their working capital. And despite this vulnerability to inflation, rising rates, tightening credit standards, etc., performance has held up, at least for now. Yes, uh, with the candidate that there is a lag in the data, SME performance has held up so far, at least amongst the collateral backing deals that we rate. Delinquency rates were essentially flat in summer 2022 compared to the previous year. That said, delinquencies did increase slightly in some areas. Yes, uh, in Italy and Spain, there were some smaller increase in delinquency, but uh, we should uh, note uh, that it was really from a record low level. In Italy, for instance, in August 2022, the 60- to 90-day delinquency rate increased compared to with an year early to 0.11% from 0.05%. Turning now to Spain, the 90 to 360 day delinquency rate of Spanish ABS SME increased to 1.43% in June 2022 from 1.10% in June 2021. If we look to another matrix, cumulative defaults, Cumulative default increased over the same period to 2.34% from 2.20%. So overall, all these changes are rather marginal. Now, a very big reason for this relative stability among SME borrowers um, has been pandemic-era government supports, like payment moratoriums and, and public guaranteed loans. Some of those supports have ended but others are ongoing. France, for example, just extended one of its SME programs. Right. Uh, Payment moratorium program uh, closed in 2021 in most of the country. But over 300 billion of public guaranteed loans are still outstanding in three European countries, France, Italy and Spain. There is no surprise that in January, the French government and banking association Push back until December 2023, the deadline for SME and mid-cap company to request an extension of the amortization period of their public guaranteed loan. 
This deadline it was before the really set in December 2022. Another good example is Italy. In September, they created a kind of a next step type of program. Correct. There was a decree that created the Guaranteed Loan Active Management Mechanism, so-called GLAM. So what it is really, it will allow banks to transfer certain public guaranteed loan of their balance sheet to a newly created platform managed by AMCO. AMCO is a government-owned asset manager that manages Italian banks' distress debts. So what is the scope? The scope is actually to limit the default on this public guaranteed loan by facilitating the restructuring of this loan. And just to kind of summarize, like you mentioned, what these programs do is really reduce the likelihood of default among borrowers, both indirectly and directly. Obviously, the longer you delay repayment, the less likely default is on that specific loan, at least in the near term. What it also does is give companies breathing room to pay back other debt that they may have due, right? Correct, absolutely. And with the energy and other prices uh, still high, often many companies with this type of public guaranteed loan, they have really a significant immediate need. Staying with the example of France, 6.4% of the public guaranteed loan are classified by banks as non-performing. More than one out of three is already classified as stage two, meaning that loan credit risk has increased significantly. If we look also to Bank of France data, Bank de France recorded a 49% increase in the company insolvency in 2022. So we clearly see some kind of deterioration. So what I mentioned to you before as initiative, they are still preventing near-term defaults. So we could see some increase in defaults in the long term as, as these programs fade out. Absolutely. So let's focus on ABS before we leave. As interest rates rise, economies continue to worsen, and pandemic-era supports continue to fade, transactions have some protections against rising collateral-level defaults should they occur. Correct. First, as default rise, credit enhancement and excess spread, if available, will provide a buffer to a certain point. More immediately, as interest rate rise, it will also create interest rate mismatches for certain deals. And what you're talking about there is the, the difference between assets and liabilities paying fixed rate and floating rates that we mentioned earlier. Correct. Most of the European SME ABS we rate have at least some exposure stemming from the fixed floating rate mismatch between the asset on one side and the liability on the other side. It's also true that they have also edges in place to mitigate this risk and also to help maintain the excess spread. And obviously, nowadays, it is very important, this type of edges. And the biggest hedge in place, um, I guess you could call it a natural hedge that you hinted at, is just the fact that most liabilities match assets. Absolutely. In uh, many deals that we rate, uh, there is already some kind of alignment between uh, the interest charge on the loan and the interest paid to the investor. 
But then for the deal with a mismatch between the liability and some significant amount of the collateral, for example, in Netherlands, in Germany, there are also some structural bidding in place. So there are structural mechanisms such as coupon caps, limit on the floating rate asset holding, which help to mitigate the remaining risk related to this interest rate mismatch. For New Deal, the situation is different. Amongst New Deal, senior note subordination will increase to make up for a reduction in the excess spread. And this really regardless of the asset and liability. This mismatch stem largely from the fact that the, on one side, the load collateral was originated when the spread were low, and on the other side, the liability were issued more recently after the interest rate had increased already. Got it. Thanks for joining us this month, Monica. Thank you to you, Alan. And to our listeners, a reminder to subscribe and pass us along to your friends and coworkers. We look forward to having you back for next month's edition of Securitization Spotlight. Thanks for listening to this Moody's Talks podcast. To find out more about the topics discussed, please follow the links in the show notes. You can check out other Moody's Talks podcasts by visiting moody's.com slash podcasts.